Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Wherever you are in the world, welcome back to The Caring Economy with me, Toby Usnick. Today's guest is Rob Smith, the CEO and founder of The Fluid Project. He has created a brand that combines his profession of retail and a passion for commitment to social justice. The Fluid Project is a leader in gender-free fashion. Fluid joins a global movement of freedom, authenticity, and self-expression, leading with values, and up works with a powerful community of the fearlessness and challenges of the status quo. Previously, Rob's 30 years were in retail, um, working with such outstanding brands as Macy's for two decades across various divisions, uh, as well as with Victoria's Secret the, and uh, the Children's Global Chief Product Officer at Nike, Levi's, Jordan, Hurley, and Converse with Haddad Brands. Rob also mentors a number of fashion brands and designers. He leads the CSR committee as a board of director for Steve Madden Limited and raises critical funds for LGBTQIA organizations. And since work is not enough to keep this guy fulfilled, he volunteers a lot. He's the former board chair of the Hetrick Martin Institute, which empowers, educates, and advocates on behalf of LGBTQIA youth around the world. And he has also served on the board of directors for Athlete Ally, eliminating homophobia and transphobia in sports. Welcome to the caring economy, Rob. Thanks, Toby. That was <laughs> I got to cut my introduction down a little bit, but yeah, you did you did a good job. Thank you. Well, you've accomplished a lot, my friend. Um, so, Rob, let's as we do with all of our guests on the caring economy, just give us a little uh, overview of your career journey. How did this other nice Midwestern boy make it to the Big Apple, to the top of the retail universe? That, that's a great question. Um, I'm going to go back to college. You know, I remember like I was at Michigan State and, I, and the only thing we were going to do back then was work for Procter & Gamble, P&G. That was like the Midwestern. That was mm -hmm. it, you know, and, and I really wanted to work for P&G badly. And uh, I got this accidental interview, like phone call say, hey, this is a company called Burdines. We heard you, we have a cancellation, heard you're interested in working with us. Would you like to come in for an interview? And Back then, I got on my bicycle and I rode to the library and pulled the book out. I'm like, wow, it's a department store in Florida. I'm like, hey, worst case scenario is I get a free trip to Florida. So, so I went in for the interview. They invited me back. I went down to Florida, did the interview, and, and they offered me a job. And I said, you know what? This is a great chance to move my life forward. I think as, an, as a gay man, suppressed gay man, it was my chance to get away from the Midwest and kind of a refresh and a restart. And so I decided to do that, um, making $18,000 a year, but I got a $500 signing bonus. I was super excited. And I started a career in Florida in retail and moved up pretty quickly, you know, got um, promoted, I think like really young, I was a 26 year old VP. And then I, you know, moved to LA and then I moved to San Francisco, kept getting promoted then to New York. And, um, and then after 22 years, I thought it was time to try something new, pivoted to Victoria's Secret learned direct to consumer business, a vertical business. And then I pivoted again to uh, a, a private business, but learned wholesale. And the whole time, like this was, I had an incredible career, like incredible career, mm -hmm. traveling around the world, doing everything I wanted to do, loving my work. And, and then um, I had an epiphany that, you know, it's time for me to do something different time for, for my life to evolve into something that was different. And I didn't know what it was. I just knew that I had to quit my job, put in a backpack and travel around the world. And I started just buying one-way tickets and one of this, you know, almost half a year long journey around the world. And on that journey, um, in a moment, I wrote down on April 17th, April 14th, 2017, 
consider opening a gender-free non-binary shopping environment. I wrote fluid in quotation marks and I knew exactly, exactly what I was going to do. And I opened 10 months later. Can you tell us a little bit about that epiphany? What, what, what was the precedent for it or how did it? <laughs> I mean, if I'm going to be honest, I was, I was in Peru in, uh, in the Amazon in a shamanic um, uh-huh. uh, yeah, moment. Yeah, I was in ayahuasca. Yeah, I was in ayahuasca. I, was, I did a month of ayahuasca. Cool. And uh, among the many things that were born from that, um, you know, money revelations, this was a gift that was given to me in the process of ayahuasca, which is, um, it was, and, and, and I still hold it as a gift that to me was given to me. If, if anyone believes in this, but I believe there is a higher power. I think we all believe in it. And I believe in this through this plant medicine, I was given the gift of, of my, um, well, will this be my swan song? I don't know, but if, but I'm, but I know that every day through this gift, through this experience, I am living my life's purpose right now. It, it feels pretty, pretty powerful. It shows it's, I would yeah. say having known you for a couple of decades, it's, it's always been who you are. Um, to that point, I wanted to ask you here in New York, we're, we're just yesterday hearing that Macy's, your former employer, is going to reinstate the fireworks. Macy's has been a fantastic part of the community with the fireworks, the Thanksgiving parade. And I wonder, when you were there, you really, really led on LGBT issues and advocacy. And I just wonder if, um, if you could tell us about community engagement, particularly at that brand and at that time under your leadership, and I guess Terry Lundgren, it seemed to be really quite authentic. Or am I just, you know, taking the taking the pitch? Macy's is an incredible organization, and I'm fortunate because they supported me. Terry did from you know the first time he met me when I was at Burdines, you know, and um, and they allowed me to be myself. But they and also I was a bit of a maverick in the company. I was I was the rebel. I was like the one who didn't look like everybody else, didn't talk like everybody else, but kept getting promoted because I was successful, but also because they valued my voice. They valued the, the, you know, my passion for social justice, my passion for inclusion, not just selling product, but how do we become a better company? So, you know, they made a seat for me at the table as, you know, the first openly queer like executive at that level. And, and uh, that was pretty powerful. And, yeah. and it, it, they also allowed me to help uh, create employee resource groups and to launch that. And, one of my favorite experiences was when it time to become the leader of employee resource groups, like as a senior leader, I chose uh, women of color. That was the one that I chose versus LGBTQ. They knew that I, I would be there for, but there was no very few females on the executive board, certainly no women of color. And I thought, what a great opportunity for me to lean in and learn and to, um, to represent a group of under, uh, underrepresented people. Felt it was a great, great experience. That's great to hear. And did, in fact, over time, did it change? Did you get more women advanced into those? Uh, oh, groups? certainly. And, and I went to go speak at Macy's about two years ago to their uh, operating team, which is their broader uh, executive team. And Jeff Gannett, who's the new CEO, has done an incredible job, at least of, of physical diversity, like people that you can see and everyone has their multiple identities. I'm sure that there's more diversity uh, than what I could see, but there was lots of representation of people of color, different ethnicities, um, genders. So yeah, it was really, um, they've done an incredible job of advancing that. I'm not sure what the board is made up of, but I can tell you that the senior leadership team is very diverse. And and is it your experience at that 
effort to really commit to DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, that it benefited the bottom line at Macy's as well? It's hard to say. I mean, it was just the beginning. I think it was just the very beginning. So I would say ultimately it, it will benefit. I think at the time it was just, you know, it was it was the beginning of the movement. I think they're fully on board right now and it will benefit their business. I hope so too. The, yeah. You know, listen, they've got a, they've got a, a challenge. And, you know, I think that, you know, if anything, it's just this, this shift of, you know, buying online versus in store. And the more they shred their stores that are underproductive, and the more they move into the digital space, they're going to be very successful. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. It's bigger than Macy's, right? Just what's happened to yeah. them over the past 20 years. Right. Um, it's macro. Yeah. Yeah. So about four years ago now you launched fluid is that right just over just over three years ago it's three only been ago. three years and a few months yeah All right. march, march 18th 2018 yeah well it's uh it's really been exciting to watch that launch and, and your execution flawless as always um can you tell us a little bit about fluid its mission and the lessons maybe you've learned so far as an entrepreneur and and yeah and we'll come back to another question related to that Sure. I, I think that, I, you know, once I got this gift, I, I had the audacity to think that um, <laughs> I could like literally open up a store and um, I had this idea, like if you build it, they will come, that I would build this store and it would be a retail space that could take a, a concept about gender-free fashion that nobody can, everybody has a different idea of what it is and, and nobody ever executed it correctly before. It was all colorless, shapeless clothing. And I said, no, I'm going to have fun with this. Like, and it's going to be dresses and skirts and blazers and makeup. And, and it's, so I had this incredible, so much fun putting the, the assortment together and creating it myself because it didn't exist. So half of the product in the store was stuff that I, you know, worked with my team. I pulled together and designed and created and, and then other parts were like, are uh, pulling brands together and mixing up Levi's and making it look like, you know, like the women's and men's together together and you know Fila and other brands the champion and then other other like queer artists residents would come in and set up and and it was pretty the, the product itself was very cool and the experience was cool and the staff was great and it felt like a very special place when you walked in like you were in something that had never been done before it was the world's first gender-free store and and to be a part of that and to be in retail for 30 some years and to create something that had never been built before awesome. is pretty unbelievable. You think everything has already been done, but this was the world's first gender-free store. And what made it so special, um, a few things, was one-third of the space I kept to be a coffee shop and bleacher seating, and that turned into a community space. So in less than two years, we had over 250 events, and that was places to come together to celebrate, to have panels, to show fashion shows, a time to grieve, like the Trans Day of Remembrance, and just a really time is for a community to come together. Mm -hmm. um, that wasn't a nonprofit or wasn't a bar, but it was a space that you know you could shop, but you could also just hang. And, and it it also became a laboratory for for me, you know, a laboratory, and because I could learn much quicker than a digital space. But it also was a a, a focus group. Like every day, I got to learn. And what, we had a social code on our wall of these 10 ways to be in the space, you know, very intentional. And one of my favorites was we're all students and we're all teachers. And I would sit there and listen to these panels. I would listen to folks that would come in. I would engage for, with people. And over time, I became very 
knowledgeable about specifically the transgender space and gender non-conforming space and the community and who they are and how to speak the language and and um this it became a huge part of how fluid has pivoted to the future can you, can you say a little bit to our audience that are um i believe in general are really here to move society forward and care hence the caring economy um, but may, maybe don't have your knowledge your experience or familiarity with things such as transgender or um, gender issues in general uh, or realities do, what do you want them to know about in this instance say uh, either gender identity or or transgender people? yeah I think what's evolved since you and I were young people, you know, I think we got thrown into a big bucket of queer or gay mm -hmm. without these nuances and what has evolved. And I think it's always been there. It's certainly been there before colonialization, but has started to evolve through Generation Z um, is that this understanding that we have our sex, which we're assigned at birth, mm -hmm. and then we have our gender identity which may or may not be aligned with our sex assigned at birth. For you and I, it's uh, it's aligned. So we're cisgender. Mm -hmm. Then folks who are transgender or where their gender identity and their sex doesn't align. So that could be your non-binary, you know, with they, them pronouns or transgender, which means you identify as female. Mm -hmm. And that is, that is the spectrum of gender, which is binary to um, transgender. Uh, and then there is our sexual orientation, which is a completely different um, something completely different. And then there's your gender expression, which is also very different. So there's ways to like have language and nuance and allow people to exist that that feels more authentic to who they are. And so that's that's what I love is separating those quadrants out and then letting people be who they are. Yeah, but if just to stay on that, um, if you are say a CEO of a small Midwest company mm -hmm. who wants to quote unquote do the right thing. Yeah where would you direct them for, you know, a, a sort of a quick primer on all things gender or, or I'm, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to self promote myself, but you know, when I started speaking around boardrooms and speaking at conferences, I started realizing that I knew something that other people didn't know. And I, and I wanted them to know. So out of almost necessity, I created get fluid, which is gender expansive training. So I uh, have folks of trans experience who created the programming, which is unbelievable. They teach and educate uh, the programs and they're all of, you know, multiple identities with, you know, different races and, and different uh, identities and the transgender spectrum. So they come as oh, non-binary transgender and I've got transgender 101 or gender, gender 101, I call it. Mm -hmm. So it's basically a, a one hour course where you get to know as much as your brain can handle in one hour uh, and then there's a uh, half an hour q a for people that you know process it yeah. and it's 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 if you go to get fluid uh and it's really and i can tell you everyone who have done it for thousands and thousands of people the emails i get the feedback afterwards is like thank you like i understand now and it, we put it in such a simple way that you understand um through folks of trans experience how not just to make it about words, but about how to make it about people's lived experience. And I think that's what's so important that where empathy comes in and understanding. Yeah, and fostering a sense of belonging, right? That's, yeah. That's key. Um, so it's get fluid. And if 
folks want to check it out? What's the website or the? Uh, yeah, it's it's get G E T, which stands for Gender Expansive Training. Get fluid and fluid spelled with a P H P H L U I D. Okay. Um, the P H stands for balance. In case anybody wonders, so it's fluid, and then P H is balance. Yeah, so get fluid. You put a lot of great thinking into that. Thank you. <laughs> um, by the way, I wanted to ask you when you're talking about originally coming up with the line. I think of someone like Billie Eilish is. A, ideal spokesperson for you would that be uh, unfair or a fair i think it's totally fair i think there are a lot of celebrities that would be great spokespeople for fluid you know because we resonate with so many people we're not about just trans non folks we're about everybody who wants to express themselves regardless of their sexual orientation or their gender identity just don't put me in a box anymore because this box doesn't work for me i'm i am so much more than this box and this box and that box and that box and that box and that's that's what's so incredible is our they have, people have so many more ways to express themselves and billy Eilish would be incredible but so would other people but i but i've learned not to chase celebrities i've like i've come into this place that things will happen when they happen you know um i've chased celebrities and i've wasted time and money and energy and now i just like i get into the flow of the universe Mm -hmm. And I believe that they will come when it's time for them to come. And every, everything has happened that I've wanted and the rest will happen when it's going to happen. Great. And for, if one wants to purchase your clothing, it's just fluid.com. Uh, the, the fluid, the fluid, the, the PHLUID, the fluid project. Honestly, if anybody just types in PHLUID, you can find everything you can find, like, you can find uh, our website, the shop, you can find our product at Sephora, you can find Get Fluid, you can find, it's all, it, it's all there. Um, you have, um, and, and, I'm sorry, you have and, product as well? You said Sephora. Well, you know, we have Forever Fragrances. I launched a fragrance collection last year at Sephora. Um, I, I also have product, which is pretty incredible. And if you know this or not, but I created a collection for Target, so I'm in every Target store. I'm in every Nordstrom store, Macy's, Saks Off Fifth, um, oh. Hot Topic, Zoomies. I'm in over 5,000 stores right now across the United States. And is it all under the Fluid label? or It's under the Fluid label and then uh, PH by the Fluid Project. And I'm launching a green label this fall, which is a earth-friendly uh responsibly made collection so it's made from all dead stock and upcycled product okay. and and that's launching at nordstrom and urban outfitters uh this fall so okay. it's a it's a it's a new it's a little higher price but it's it's uh really it's gender free and earth friendly so it's, it's kind of checks every box that a young person would want yeah it's upcycling and it's also um part of the circular economy do you see exactly Coming more and more of your business as I uh, absolutely, absolutely, retailers, right? yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. That it's it's one hundred percent of one hundred percent of where I want to go. So I feel like gender free is the first step. The next place I want to go is is moving into the circular economy, and mm -hmm. then eventually I'd start. I want to start working into. I have a design ethos called Rise, which is responsibility, inclusion, solutions, and expression, mm -hmm. which is how I create product. And eventually I want to get into uh, an adaptive space, a space where, you know, design is also, you know, under the solutions, how do you design for someone who has a disability, but making it also look very cool and also something that you and I could wear. So starting to go into after getting to the circular economy, moving into the adaptive space, but making it 
that it's not like for someone with disabilities, but includes someone with disabilities. Terrific. Do you, are you familiar with, I'm not that familiar with, but the International Well-Building Institute? No. It might be of interest. They, they, they're brought to us by the same folks as LEED certification, but now it's beyond the brick and mortar, so to speak, to the actual workspace. So I'll follow up with you on that. That's great. I have a former colleague who's there now. I can hook you up. Um, also, I want to ask you about, um, in that spirit of circular economy and a global economy, as you know, my husband Harlan works for JD.com, the third largest internet company in the world and e-commerce giant from China. China is largely back online and consuming, 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 and a part of most brands' strategies. I wonder um, if Fluid, where is Fluid outside the U.S.? Are you selling globally? Are you in China? Um, where does one find So that? not selling globally, yet, just in the U.S. I'm starting to take this green collection and not just in the U.S., but I'm talking to European uh, partners right now. So I should have... I should I should have an agreement within 30 days to be in Europe uh, with a, a large retailer, uh, online retailer in Europe, and, and also hopefully some some physical retail spaces. And then I eventually want to move to Asia, you know, and start to take this because I think it'd be really well received. I just launched the Fluid Foundation, um, and what I decide, I, I so much um, uh, people want to give so much money away now to nonprofits. And what I found is that there are a lot of smaller organizations that are doing a lot of hard work. You know, you know how much HMI does, Hedrick Martin does in New York or the Alley Fournay Center. And those are actually bigger organizations. They're smaller ones like uh, the Black Trans uh, Travel Fund and uh, these organizations supporting trans women of color um, who have a alarmingly uh, 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 like fatality, a rate of, of, of living at 35 years old on average in the United States as trans women of color, and also queer youth who are four times more likely than a, than a, than a straight youth to be homeless. And, and so I'm putting, taking, decided to create a foundation, take money and putting it in directly into these smaller organizations that are doing the work um, on, the, on the ground, the grassroots organizations. So I'm just excited because this year, like, uh, we'll probably raise, I'll probably raise this year almost half a million dollars. The next year I want to have a million dollar budget and taking money from big money and then putting it straight out into the smaller organizations because they never get the money. When everybody does a, you know, an, or, like supports uh, a nonprofit, they pick HRC or they pick the Trevor Project, but, mm -hmm. you know, and those are great organizations, but they don't get down into the, the smaller communities don't have the support. So anyway, I just wanted to share that with you because it just it just launched and I thought you'd appreciate it. Absolutely. And if someone wanted to donate or check out the foundation, would it be Fluid Foundation, the Fluid Foundation? Or? Yeah, it's 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 Fluid Foundation. Foundation is spelled with a PH, of course. Fluid Foundation. <laughs> yeah. .com. Uh, .com. And it's actually on the, on the Fluid website uh, under the um, about, yeah. Really great. It's every, actually, everything's, everything's on the Fluid, Fluid website. You can find everything. Well, I was going to ask you about you and Rod. You've done so much great um, you know, advocacy work with um, very strategic funding of political candidates nationwide. And I've been to several of your events. and We both have been involved in uh, gay packs and things through the years. Um, tell me about that holistic approach. Is it, um, is it, has it worked? Have you, do you find that the political state of affairs is 
working or <laughs> we're at a log jam. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's always a long game, right? Like, you know, I know that David Mixner, who's my icon and um, <laughs> my advice, I like role model has said that when you invest in a candidate, you know, first of all, don't expect them to win. You know, you're doing it not for them to win, but, you know, because they may lose the first one, they may lose the second one, they'll win the third one, you know? And he also taught me to, when you find someone who you really appreciate and respect, get in early, you know, that, you know, if you can get in early and get to know the person, you'll have a great relationship with them as they continue to ascend. Um, and so we look for young, fresh candidates, people who, you know, have lots of opportunity and um, it's, it feels really good to find those folks. And yeah, of course, donating to the bigger cause like presidential election and the DNC and those organizations. But I have found that when we find a young candidate, somebody who's really um, got an aggressive uh, agenda, somebody who's, you know, just got a good soul and somebody you want to like hopefully spend time with, we're happy, we're really happy to get behind those candidates. And um, I would say that, you know, we've, I, we meaning Democrats and, and I would say, if I had a choice between the three Democrat, independent or Republican, I am in between a Democrat and independent. Um, I don't align with the Republican party mm -hmm. system right now, but doesn't mean I, I don't support anyone's choice for who they want. I just find for me personally, it's I'm more aligned with Democrats and independents, yeah. um, at, at least the agenda. And I'm sure probably most people listening to this are as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah nothing makes me happier than to fill a room with a great candidate who just, inspires people and whether it's whether or not you want to hear about policy or not it's kind of fucking boring but you know sometimes policies policy matters and you learn about policy and and from local government to you know senate you know we have folks at our apartment often and it's an honor to host them yeah and bring any, folks in you have any sort of unknown rising star right now that you'd like to do a shout out to i don't i don't um i love um some of the recent Congress folks like Mondaire, you know, who have been elected. Um, uh, I don't right now because I got to tell you, I, I, I took a break up for a bit to focus on fluid and, and the foundation and the work we're doing. Um, but I can't wait to get back in the game again uh, during the next midterms. And we'll, we'll try to find people from around the country who reflect our values and, and certainly focusing on queer folk and, and females and BIPOCs and, you know, I think, uh, yeah, just super excited about continuing to help build a diverse government. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, so uh, two last questions, Rob. One is um, any advice, not just for young careers, people like when you were at Michigan State and trundling over to the library to research Burdines, um, but think of yourself <laughs> today in that role, but then also older folks who are maybe, they've been disrupted in their careers by either the pandemic or ageism, other things. Any yeah. advice for someone who's just feeling um, looked over or passed over? How do you how did how do you get yourself through the toughest moments? Well, I did something that I don't recommend to most people is I just quit my job and self-funded my own business and basically depleted my except for my four hundred one k everything I have and you know so it's it's been rewarding and stressful. I I think there are lots of opportunities to um to fulfill yourself i think you know sitting on boards participating in you know with nonprofits 
volunteering uh, or, or mentoring young folk, you know, really for me, I've become a mentor for young people in many ways, both personally and professionally. And I get so much gratitude from that, or at least I, I'm filled myself that I'm able to find somebody that I can help support um, young designers, young creators, young entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't mastered it yet, but I can at least help them hopefully not make the mistakes that I made. And I think that uh, as a young person, just, you know, realize, first of all, you need money. You need a job. You need to make money to survive. Can't be too idealistic. And, you know, you can be idealistic, but also pragmatic at the same time. So if you, if you want to be an entrepreneur, get a job, learn the skills you need from that job to do the entrepreneur work that you want. So it's basically like on the job training and, and work your entrepreneurship, like on the nights and the weekends. And then you know, learn enough skills, then make, then make the jump. If you're young, if you're older, the advice I would say is it, ageism sucks, you know, and, and it really is frustrating because things are moving so fast. I mean, I still can't do an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> There's things that I can't do that I have to pay people to do. And I'm okay with that. But I think it's important to stay relevant socially. Like you may not be um, the most, the, 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 you know, super savvy at technology and other things. Um, but you can take courses and learn about things. You know, I think LinkedIn Learning is a great resource for just staying up instead of just putting a stake in there and saying, I'll never know how to do that. You know, I mean, I've got to learn about Google Analytics and stuff like that. And I, it drives me crazy, but I, but I have to learn. But also surround yourself by young people, stay socially relevant, you know, don't be the old person that says, I'm not using they, them pronouns, you know, because, because you're not like, you know, like just be part of the evolution of life. And we were part of it. We were young and, and we loved it and celebrated. I think sometimes older folks get, get a little complacent, a little lazy and don't want to learn anymore. And mm-hmm. I think we, we should never stop learning. We should always keep learning and growing and listening to young people because they are the future. They are the change. And it's up to us to listen and adapt to them the way we expected older folks to listen and adapt to us. And that's, that's our responsibility. I love that. That's great advice. Um, by the way, a fun little hack for you. You're talking about your Excel spreadsheets. I just saw this um, online. You take the Google uh, number sheets, you know, they're equivalent of Excel. And you put uh, the first five columns, P-R-I-D-E. It'll populate in a rainbow colors. Nice. <laughs> that's great to know. All year or just for a month? Well, we'll find out. But that's a fun little hack for Pride Month here in New York. It's, uh, my last question to you, Rob Smith, uh, founder and CEO of Fluid Project, is do you have a favorite uh, fluid item that you wear all the time? Hmm. Well, I like my basic fluid t-shirt, you know, just the fluid lockup. It doesn't sell very well, but uh, but I love it. Mostly what sells for us is like, like this statement, like we are everywhere, you know, there's most like, most of what I sell is about social justice and about identity. And, you know, it's, it's certainly, you know, great to be able to make statements, but um, no, I just say for me, it's just the fluid project, you know, I'm, and kind of a, a, I don't want to be noticed that much. <laughs> I mean, like to like just wear a t-shirt and jeans and I call a lot of attention to myself. Well, again, uh, Rob Smith, founder and CEO of the fluid project. Thank you so much for joining us here on the caring economy today. Any final thoughts from you? Um, I love the idea of a caring economy. I built the Fluid Project on values, that the values are the foundation of a company. And I'm 
I'm silly enough and uh, a dreamer and uh, altruistic. And I think that the future of our, of our economy is based on values, is based on paying people well, is based on treating other people with, with respect and integrity. And, and I think that the businesses and the leaders that do that uh, will ultimately be the most successful. So I, I am honored and proud to be part of the uh, Caring Economy and appreciate you inviting me on this call. Thank you, Rob Smith. Have a great day, everyone.